What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We had another action-packed night of baseball last night, so I've picked out some of the big topics I wanted to talk about, so I'll just jump right into it. I think the first thing that really uh, caught my eye was the was a somewhat feisty matchup between the Dodgers and the Astros. I think most of us could have predicted this once we saw this on the schedule. Of course, this would have been a much different a much more different circumstance if there were fans in the stands. Everyone was really looking forward to seeing how this season would play out for the Astros, having to go on the road and have fans boo them all the time and playing in very hostile environments. But it kind of got bailed out a bit by not having to play in front of fans this year. But apparently none of that mattered to Joe Kelly last night because Joe Kelly definitely took out some of his frustration by throwing at the Astros. First, he threw a pitch, a 96-mile-an-hour fastball behind Alex Bregman. And that one I didn't really like because that pitch was a bit high. It was up kind of near his head. That's a dangerous spot. If you want to throw behind a guy or throw at a guy, you need to do it lower. Do it like in the thigh, right? You don't do it anything above the shoulders. That's just, or at the shoulders. Any, that's just way too dangerous. So he, he threw a 3-0 fastball behind his head. That was pretty dangerous. So that walks Bregman. Everyone knew that the intent was there. But then the the sneaky one where he thought he was slick was throwing a slider to Carlos Correa. Um, that was obviously intentional as well. Um, people are going to say, oh, you know, it, it's a close game. There's there are two runners on base. He wouldn't throw. No, Joe Kelly was trying to was trying to send a message to Carlos Correa as well. And he disguised it by throwing a slider. That's it's like one of the oldest tricks in the book. I mean, if you want to hit a guy, you can you can throw a, a slider and say it backed up and then no one's going to question you. But obviously this th- that was intent intentional. Make no mistake about it. So he would eventually strike out Correa in that at bat, and then, you know, they exchanged some words, and, you know, Kelly made some facial gestures and whatnot, walking off the mound. Eventually, the benches would clear. I mean, there weren't any, like, punches thrown or anything, but just a lot of uh, banter going back and forth, like, you know, drawing, both teams drawing at each other. So, like I said, this is very predictable. This is not going to be the end of it. We're going to see this happen uh, more. Uh, it, it won't. It won't just end there. The, the Astros have a bullseye on their back, especially when they play the Dodgers. Um, this game was in Houston, but like I said, home field advantage doesn't matter anymore. You know what we would have loved to see would have been a situation where the Astros went to LA, which they were actually scheduled to do in the original you know 2019 season before everything you know went south. Um, they were scheduled to go to LA with fans and everything, but obviously that that's that's long in the past. But, you know, some people might be wondering, why did why did Joe Kelly take out his anger on the Astros? He wasn't even on the 2017 Dodgers team. Joe Kelly was actually on the Red Sox, a Red Sox team which was actually caught cheating in, in 2017 and 18. Well, 2017 was the Apple Watch incident. 2018 was the whole uh, replay thing. But, um, I mean, Joe Kelly was still on the Red Sox team in 17 that lost to the Astros. He probably just doesn't like them. And he just doesn't like, you know, what they were caught doing. So Joe Kelly doesn't back down anyone. I mean, I'm sure some of you remember him getting in that brawl with Tyler Wade of the Yankees back in, what was it, 2018? And uh, yeah, he's not afraid of anyone. He'll invite a brawl 
in any circumstance. He doesn't care who you are. So that's just the way Joe Kelly rolls. But yesterday, uh, overall, the Dodgers would beat the Astros 5-2. to two. This was actually the first trip LA has made to Houston since losing in the World Series in 2017. So don't expect this to end. There will be more coming. I think that's just the first instance we've seen of uh, the Astros being directly and very obviously thrown at, thrown at that way. But um, that, that's not going to be the end of it. In other news, Javi Baez was making things happen last night in Cincinnati. I mean, this dude's a stud. He went deep twice yesterday's game. I mean, he had a bit of a dry spell. It's tough to call it that with the season being so young. I mean, a 3 for 17, but I mean, that's not alarming. Just four games at the season, but uh, he broke out yesterday. I mean, this dude went deep twice. He went deep off of Amir Garrett, then he did it off of Michael Lorenzen. And um, one of the best shortstops in the game. Um, I mean, first pitch, the, sorry, the first bomb was opposite field. And then the second one was uh, the center field off of Lorenzen. Last year, Javi was actually tied for second in the majors with 14 opposite field home runs. So, you know, that oppo shot he hit was the first of this season. And, um, yeah, I mean, he leads the Cubs to a victory last night as they defeat the Reds 8-5. to in Cincinnati. In Minnesota, Homer Bailey was cooking. Uh, he made his uh, Twins debut. He made his Twins debut and he helped them get a win 6-3 to three in their home opener at Target Field yesterday. And uh, I mean, Homer Bailey was required to be, you know, a back of the rotation piece for them. He's their fifth starter. I mean, if the Twins get this version of Homer Bailey as their fifth starter, it's going to be a very special year for them. Absolutely. I mean, you're getting a guy who is a veteran, obviously, veteran right-hander. But, you know, he, yesterday he was able to hold the Cardinals with two runs and four hits over five innings. And the offense gave him plenty of support. Um, Jorge Polanco and Josh Donaldson both went deep. Uh, Donaldson hit his first home run as a twin, opposite field shot. Um, Miguel Sano actually doubled for his first hit since he joined the lineup late in camp due to COVID. And Byron Buxton, he's back. Byron Buxton is back. You know, that scare, injury scare we had about a week ago ended up being um, just a scare, fortunately. Hopefully, Buxton, you know, fingers crossed, he can stay healthy. Talented guy, I'm wishing him the best. But, um, yeah, he's, he's back in the lineup, and the Twins are looking good. Twins are looking good, um, getting homers from their offseason acquisition uh, in Josh Donaldson, their big free agent, and then obviously Homer Bailey as well, uh, pitching well for them. So things are looking good in Minnesota. Speaking of good pitching performances, David Peterson, he made his major league debut yesterday for the Mets, and he got the win yesterday against the Red Sox. Five and two-thirds, two earned runs, three strikeouts. Mets defeated the Red Sox 8-3 yesterday. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the first left-hander in 18 years to last at least five innings in a big league debut at Fenway Park. Of course, that's a very, very cherry-picked stat. But hey, congrats to David Peterson for having a strong start to his big league career. The Red Sox are on an absolute free fall right now. Uh, <laughs> it's not looking good, not looking good whatsoever in Boston. My, my Sox need to... Honestly, just tank, I guess, tank for Kumar Rocker, who's probably going to be the number one pick next year. 
because Boston is is one and four right now, and that's just um, obviously not going to cut it. But it is what it is. You know, it's a sixty game season, so it'll be over before we know it, and we'll be looking forward to next year. Nate Pearson is making his big league debut tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. This is one of the most anticipated debuts of the season. His he scheduled pitch today. He's the number one prospect in the Blue Jays organization. He's going to make his first MLB start against the Nationals. We'll have more about that, about how his debut actually went, you know, when, you know, when it happens. On tomorrow's episode, we'll talk about that. But this is a guy, he's a 6'6 right-hander, you know, big guy, and he's best known for his 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, that's, I guess that's the sneak peek, but we'll see what he does tonight. Fernando Tatis homered to right field yesterday in San Francisco at Oracle Park. That's that's a place that right-handed hitters don't usually hit him out. But he did that yesterday off of Jeff Samarja. That's that's a left-handed hitter's spot. I mean, it's a big wall there in right field, but Tatis made it look pretty easy. It made it look pretty routine. It was a sinker or something, change up, down, and kind of in, down the middle in. He just... Stayed back on it and flicked it over the big wall oppo like that. I mean, not many, not many right-handed hitters can do that. Uh, that I mean, that just shows how special this kid is. T- Tatis is is a special player. He's a special bat. One of the stars in this league, absolutely. At such a young age, he's 21 years old. He's the best hitter on the team. One of the best hitters in the game. But for you know that game, the Padres defeated the Giants five to three on Tuesday night. In San Francisco. So, as many of you know, obviously the um, Marlins are, well, their season is paused right now. Uh, Literally half their roster has tested positive for COVID-19. And then, you know, the Phillies so far haven't had any positive tests, but we still don't know. Uh, It's going to take a few days or maybe even a few weeks before we find out the actual results on if they got infected by the Marlins because there's like a, you know, up to a 14-day incubation period for this virus so just because someone tests positive right away doesn't mean that they don't have it you have to wait a few weeks to test them again to see if if they really were all clear but out of an abundance of caution uh, you know the the Phillies and Yankees series was postponed because they don't want the Phillies playing right now and the Yankees um, obviously you don't want to go down to that opposing clubhouse where the Marlins just were so what's going to happen is that the Orioles and Yankees are just going to play each other while the Phillies and Marlins are going to be on standby. The Marlins are hoping to resume play next Monday. And then the Phillies are hoping to resume play, I believe, this weekend. But uh, don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, the Nationals are going to be off this entire weekend. That is where we stand. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.